You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot to... I can't remember. I think that's a, that's a pretty common sentiment. You brew what you like to drink because you're there, and that's what you like to drink. Like to drink. All right, here we go, guys. We are down here at Bearded Owl. Thanks, uh, Nick, for allowing us to come down here and chat with you. Mark and I are here. Uh, hey. Ryan had to bail. He had a sick kid. It happens this time of year. Uh, I hope the Abbott girls, Abbott gals, are doing okay. Um, but as, it, as is always, uh, we're going to start off with some beers of the week. Mark, you want to go first? You don't want me to go? Uh, how about you go? All right. So being in Iowa City over the holiday weekend, my go-to brewery in Iowa City is now Big Grove Brewery. Uh, they t- took an old like school supply kind of warehouse and store and turn it into this great space they have a ton of great beer they're actually distributing locally uh when i go to iowa city that's what i like to grab and go into their brewery i had their um just basic uh porter about a five ish percent uh porter nice and roasty toasty kind of went down perfect after eating a lot of uh heavy carb food and uh spice etc so i liked that so shout out to big grove brewery out in iowa city I had, um, on Thanksgiving, um, sitting around, uh, babysitting the turkey on the smoker and just, uh, a a chance to, yeah, just a chance to crack some different beers. And one that really stood out this week for me was from side project. It was thicket. Um, that's an American wild ale. It's their blackberry. Um, it was blend two, I believe. Um, that's their, uh, Flanders base. And I think they also blended that with, uh, the fuzzy base before, I think uh, the description said they, they did it over like 3,000 pounds of Oregon blackberries. So just a, just a fantastic beer from them. As always. I, uh, I'm going to use one of my beers. As, as a brewer here, I end up drinking my stuff more than anybody else's just because I'm always here. So I'm going to highlight Mama Astuta. It's a collaboration we did at the Fox Pub. Um, turned out really nice. Uh, Matt Rixner from the Fox came in here and helped us brew. And, um, yeah, we did. Uh, it's, a, it's an imperial Stout with um, cinnamon, um, some uh, cholaca, and then uh, what else we put in there? Oh yeah, <laughs> ancho guajillo and uh, um, guajillo. just a little, just a little pinch of habanero. That that yeah, that had a lot of spice to it. We uh, and thanks because when we came down here after the bourbon release at UFS, right? Um, Nick was gracious enough to pour up a little uh, kind of pregame. Uh, yet right. to be released, but that was at the uh, 10th anniversary Fox 
uh, fest that they released that. So that's kind of a cool collab that you guys did. For sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, so as is, we've had uh, Mark and I got to drink the Dunkel uh, fresh. Uh, always a, a staple here. I think, like you said, Nick, this is a very popular beer down here. And uh, you said you didn't even know if that was going to be something that you thought was going to stick out too much, but it really has been kind of a go-to for you guys. Yeah, so before we opened this place, uh, you know, I was more focused on IPAs, stout, stuff like that. Um, really didn't do a lot of the classic German styles. And so it's kind of, we figured it would be a one-off. We, we had some heavy yeast and we, we uh, wanted to do something different with it. So we did a Dunkelweizen and it turned out to be um, something that everybody kept asking for and everybody still asks for it. So we've never taken it out of the rotation. I love it. I always look forward to it. And I, I feel like, you know, even though it wasn't planned, it, it kind of has become, I wouldn't say necessarily a flagship, but it's one of those beers that when I think of Bearded Owl, I think of Who's Your Dunkel. You know, I, I agreed. I, I think that's, I mean, I'm laughing because it's, I mean, it's great. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've even heard people, people who don't know that I'm the brewer, I'll hear them talking about it. And they oh, have you tried that, that Dunkelweizen? And it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's strange for me to, to have that be known as, you know, the beer that we're known for at this point. Well, we were, we were talking about it earlier, and it, it's just one of those, it's a perfect beer for just about any occasion. You could, you can sip on it, you can have multiples because the ABV is fairly low. I think it what was like 5, 5.2, something Yeah, 5.2. Five, five um, it has a great flavor, uh, but it's not overpowering to where you could still eat it with a meal or drink it with a meal and 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 not uh, be overwhelmed yep. by beer. So Yeah, and... I bet that just is an evolution of being here now for two years, and you kind of find out what Peoria drinkers want to drink. Uh, you can make as much as your own stuff, but the drinkers that come in will tell you also what they what they want to drink, and that'll probably also shift some of the stuff that you like to do, uh, but you still get the, the freedom to do what you want to do. Yeah, definitely. We like to listen to feedback. Uh, I mean, a lot of our regulars ask us, you know, when's something or other going to be back on again? You know, Peanut Butter Porter, we've got... Uh, I, I'm drinking that right now. A regular that comes in, and every time she, she's almost as mad at me, uh, and, you know, until I tell her where we're going to get it into the into the schedule. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's great to hear everybody's feedback. Yeah, I always like this because as a uh, five-point, I think a 5.1% uh, porter, it's got tons of big body tons of peanut butter aroma on the the nose so it's and this time of year it's always great too so it's good to have something thick and rich and uh but not going to kill your uh, abv there yeah deliberately tried to make this one a little on the lighter side you know we've got a lot of the bigger stouts you know like the mama and um grounds for divorce um so with this one we deliberately kept it kept it sweet kept it simple and um yeah it uh, pretty much speaks for itself so you're coming up on a two-year anniversary. I know that's in January coming up. Uh, I was talking. We had talked about this last time we were down here. The one-year anniversary um, was quite. We, we we made quite a showing of that. Uh, we enjoyed a lot of the good variants. I think the uh, we were just popping up one of the uh, uh, ones from last year. Mark, why don't you tell us about it? Go ahead. Uh, this was the stout with. Um, it was the Russian Imperial Stout with uh, ancho chilies and chocolate. Um, and it was aged on. Uh, Nick helped me out here. It was just like oak, oak, uh, spir- like um, oak spirals. Yeah. yeah, we we didn't have a barrel program last year, so you know we we did this um, just to to kind of get our feet wet, so to speak. And um, yes, yeah, so we used we used oak spirals. So, what I love to do with all beers, uh, especially uh, anything that's drink uh, them. Well, true, them. but so I had <laughs> I got two of these last year. I drank one fresh, and then I I. 
I find it interesting to see how beers are yep. holding up. So I put this one in the beer fridge, and it, we're coming up on a year, and I thought tonight would be a fun night to crack this beer and see how it's holding up. And uh, it it's holding up nicely. Uh, it is not it is not faded off. You still get the ancho and the chocolate, and uh, we we're kind of even saying how it maybe even change a little bit, and you almost get kind of a, a cinnamon, even though there wasn't cinnamon, but maybe that has something to do with the ancho coming off a little bit. I don't know. But uh, it's still a, a, a great drinker for sure. Yeah, I still get a little spice now on the palate as it kind of fades away. Not overpowering, but for the flavors of this kind of beer, still holding up great. I think the thickness is great. Uh, mouth feels good. I had this, and it surprised me too at home. I wasn't planning on drinking the whole thing because sometimes opening up, I was like, I wanted this, but opening up one can be a daunting task sometimes. Uh, but I will say that I ended up over the course of the night finishing it, so uh, that was uh, enjoyable. That's always a sign of a good beer. <laughs> yeah. When you didn't want to finish it, but you did. Because you're like, ah, I really want this, but if I don't finish it, I'm okay with it. Uh, but, yeah, it, it held up real nicely. There's one more that we have at home, right? There were three. The there Grounds was, for Divorce. I've had that already. Then there was the non-adjunct uh, version of this one. Just right. basically just straight a, with oak spiral kind of. Right. Okay. I still have that I at home I think that's then. the white wax one, I believe. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's still in the beer fridge. So now you go from this, and now you got a true barrel program. We can look at them over there. Um, since this is a podcast, you can't see, but they're over here in the corner of the, uh, the brewery. Tell us a little bit about what was this. We, we pulled some nails here a second well, ago. And also maybe just real quick on how, like, what did that process look like to kind of get this barrel yeah. project up and going and, like, what, what kind of hoops you had to jump through to start getting these barrels and everything else? Sure. So, um, you know, it, it all kind of started with the beer we just sampled, um, you know, and it, it kind of got my mind spinning thinking, well, okay, well, this is our one-year anniversary and we're doing this. If we do something now then we can have actual barrel aged you know beer for our, our two-year anniversary so um we've been lucky obtaining the barrels and that in, on both occasions i've had friends with trailers go down to louisville who are getting barrels for their own purposes and uh they they're like hey you know hey man do you, do you want anything and it's like sure so it's uh you know we save a little bit on the shipping there and um and picked up some barrels in this case for this release um they're wild turkey barrels so um, yeah, super excited, and um, I think if you guys like this beer, I think uh, you know I think you'll be even more excited about uh, the the stuff we're going to drop in January. Was that Steve who did that? Was that Steve? Steve did, and then uh, Mike Case. I'll, I'll give a shout out All to right. Mike. He's uh, he's the other guy that uh, that went down there for me. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, makes makes my life easier. How easy is it to get? Can you just pull up to? You can't pull up to distiller and just say, hey, what do you got left over? I'm sure you could, but I've never I've never tried that. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of these, it's not. I mean, as a brewery, you get I get emails all the time saying, hey, you know, come check us out. We've got barrels, blah blah blah. So I just told him a couple places. Yeah. Um, and he already had one of them, maybe even both of them in his mind. But um, um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's once you know who to contact, they're almost uh, they're not the distilleries themselves, but like um, you know, they'll buy from the distilleries and they'll have barrels from all over the place. So ah. we actually we actually picked up a wine barrel as well that we're doing something fun with in the back. I was um, going to ask you about that if you're going to get into wine barrels. Yeah. Um, so our problem, and it's mainly, um, I don't know if it's a mental hurdle or, if, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I don't like to keep the the alternate fermentation close to the clean fermentation I barrels. I think that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I know people who do it with great results, right. but I'm just not ready to take that leap, and I don't know if I ever will. So the the wine barrel program is very 
uh, very small at this point. We've got one barrel back there. We've got a uh, you know a wild fermentation going with some some bread and some PDO. So um, look look for that in probably February, late February, early March. Be perfect for spring. So nice. Yeah. So just to kind of explain the process here, Nick was gracious enough to allow us to sample some from these barrels. This. Remind. This is annulment. Was that the name? Correct. Yeah, the name is annulment, and it's um, it's a play on our grounds for divorce. So, you know, we were trying to think. Well, what if we beefed up the grounds for divorce, uh, made it a little bigger, and then barrel aged it? You know, would you want to call it the same thing, or is it like you know? And somebody, I don't know who it was. It might have been me, but thinking along the lines of an actual <laughs> divorce. You know, what about annulment? You know, yeah. that's like that's a great name for taking for, it a step farther. A play so, on that. <laughs> yeah, it um, never happened. I'll uh, we'll, we'll post some pictures too, but I got some photos of uh, Nick actually uh, pulling the nail out of the barrel and Evan uh, doing his best to try to catch this. Uh, it was uh, wow. quite a challenge there, but uh, uh, we did it, it went okay. I mean, you spilled a little bit, but uh, that was to have be a little spill. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I'm I'm enjoying this, Nick. This has got a it's got great mouthfeel to it. Uh, just you know, even. It's hanging on my glass a little bit, so it's got some nice legs. I, I like the nose. I'm just digging. Yeah, it's a lot, lot of barrel right up front. I love it. Lots yeah, of barrel. It's, uh, it's definitely a little sweet, I think. It um, is. It is. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's uh, I have to look. But I think it clocked in at maybe 10.6, Um Yeah, so it's, it's definitely a little bit on the sweeter side. Some of the barrels don't taste as sweet, so we're going we're gonna to blend them up here and, um, and uh, see, what we, see, see what we can come up with. So remind us, grounds for divorce is coffee and cinnamon. Grounds for divorce, yeah, coffee, cinnamon, and vanilla. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So this is no coffee. We don't plan on actually. We are going to do a coffee variant, um, but the ba- this version we're tasting here is no coffee in it. Okay. I was gonna, I didn't get a lot of coffee, but you is get a ton gonna, of sweetness. Are you going to have that for the anniversary party? Yeah, we'll have it. Yeah. Okay. With a little bit more, uh, I think with a little bit more time and some blending, that's. That's going to really stand out. I don't know if anybody's made anything like that here in Peoria. In Peoria? Absolutely no. not, to my knowledge. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know of any uh, other barrel programs in, in town, but uh, who knows? Some people uh, might be working on some, some similar things. Uh, so I know that there's a with, – with most bourbon barrels, these are one-use barrels, so you do um, – do you have to – those can be dry when they come in, or do you have to keep them? No, you, you want them to be freshly, freshly used or just empty, basically. Right. Um, you only have a, a, a certain amount of time to fill them before they start to leak. Um, so we pushed it on a few, you know, and, and, and um, had some small leaks, nothing crazy. They, they seal themselves up. The wood expands, and you're good right. to go. Um, there are things you can do. You can steam them. You can, you know, rinse them if you want to. I just I think that kind of takes away from the flavor a little bit of the barrel, so we try not to do that. But mm-hmm. Oh, you know, we, we got these in there um, before we had to do anything, so they they were they were fresh. Did you have to do anything specific with your uh, like grain bill and mashing and everything? Because this was kind of a bigger stout, or did you have plenty of space, or did you max it out? No, we um, this was a typical brew process. I mean, we, we brewed, we fermented, and then after fermentation, we transferred to the barrels. So we, we, they're not barrel fermented, just barrel aged. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So you had enough space in your in your mash for the grain bill for something like this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've been playing around with different techniques as far as uh, how to – because our, our system, for those of you who do know, it's pretty small. And um, even, you know, for a five-barrel system, it's 
it's really hard to get the ABV up there on some big beers. Sure. Um, so we've used, you know, we've used syrups, we've used honey, we've used different things. Um, for this beer, a portion of the of the grain bill is actually a uh, a syrup. So, um, but we've recently switched over in the Mama Astuta. We tried something different that worked out really well that we'll probably stick with. Is uh, basically it's a double mash. So we mash in the base like two row whatever you're using for your base, then move that to the boil kettle, clean the mash tun, basically mash back in yep. with the with the with the you know with the wort you just brewed um, or at least just that you just mashed, and that uh, actually brought things up pretty well. You're not using any syrup or any any you know additional sugar, and um, I think the results you know speak for themselves. That that beer uh, is one of the one of my favorites that we made. Yeah, I uh, I will say that we had to do that at my house when we did the the stout that we recently did. And what I've done, I just basically made two mashes, two separate mashes, and then just combined first kind of runnings, thicker stuff, and boiled it down. And I mean, I've got a you know on a slower, a, a smaller scale, you just kind of have to improvise there to to get the grain bill that you want to get. But it was fun, like party guile. Yeah, yeah. Did you do anything with the uh, you know the end the, the second runnings? Where it was a little lower ABV? No. Lower, we, lower? No, we, we basically, because we were shooting for, we were trying to push 10 gallons, cause, um, but when we got to the end of that 10 gallons, you know, basically we just boiled it off. So we didn't, I know that a lot, a lot of breweries will do that. I know that Maine and Mill has done that with uh, their big beers, and then they take the second runnings, and they use it for, like, their everyday porters and things like that. Yeah, we thought about doing something like that, but we didn't have th- we didn't have enough vessels basically to sure. uh, to make it work real well. So, yeah, that's your rate limiting step right there. Yeah. No, this is good. This will be great. So the second year anniversary is coming out. What else do you got on the bill in terms of other than annulment for uh, so second anniversary? We've got a barley wine, a barrel aged barley wine coming out as well, um, and that uh, you guys probably had the base version of it. it uh, we call it War Orphan, um, and we had it on tap. We dropped a summer barley wine for whatever reason, so um, we had it on tap this summer, and uh, um, yeah, so that's the same beer, just in barrels. Um, won't be as we use a lot of hops. It's more of an American uh, style barley wine, um, so but uh, you know in the barrels the hop presence will be muted, and um, it, it should should come out real nice. We've we've sampled it. Um, we I could think, probably I, think I tried that uh, yeah. a couple months ago. You. You pulled off a little bit, and we tried it. Yeah, we've we've sampled it a few times, and everything tastes really good. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's um, turned out real nice. So agreed. Um, yeah, so we've got that, and then we're doing our uh, Einer Honing All again, uh, which is our um, our Norwegian farmhouse with honey and uh, elderflower. Uh, no barrels there, but uh, just um, I don't know. That beer went over real well last time. It was a big hit, so uh, we decided to do it again too, and um, that's uh, going to be ready for our anniversary as well. Nice. Are, are any of these going to be in a in a bottle release? Yeah, so all of them will be in a bottle release. Okay. Um, we're going to tap some too. Um, you know, here I don't think we'll distribute any of those, but um, we're going to do we're going to tap um, all of our barrel aged stuff, and probably that the seventeenth of January, which is the night before. Um, and we're also going to have some pretty cool guest taps. I've got uh, I'm working on our list right now. But we've got some cool breweries coming. Up or down, you know, uh, to to um, kind of participate in this with us. They're, we consider them our friends and, and whatnot. So um, that'll be released soon. That information, and then the big bottle release will be the following Saturday, so the 18th, the day after. Nice. So this probably kind of puts you in position for next year. Then you've got stuff 
ready to go, new barrels coming in, kind of expansion of the barrel program or just continuation? Yeah, so working on that now too. Um, it's it's not as easy as it sounds. You know, a lot of breweries with bigger capacity. No, can, it doesn't sound can easy. Just, uh, <laughs> can just do it. You know, we don't have if we if we take a, a a timeout, so to speak, to brew something for the barrels. It definitely impacts our ability to keep our taps full. So really, yeah. So it's just one of those things where we you know we we we're, we're trying to build up our our stock right now so that. We have that luxury. Once once the um, two year anniversary is over, we're gonna turn right around and, and do all the barrel age stuff for next year. Are you guys pretty much running full capacity all the time. Like, how many? What's your your brew sessions are pretty much full, right? Yeah, I mean to keep up with when something's empty, we fill it. That's our rule, you know. We don't no, uh, keep a super tight brew schedule just because, you know. I mean, I'm still I'm still, I'm still working. Um, you you've know, got I, twelve on the. Twelve taps are all yours. Eleven, I think, right now, right? All right, well, maybe I missed. Yeah, we have, we have. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you got the. There's like, yeah, there's something else. But yeah, you've got eleven. Yeah, we have one guest on right now. It's a cider. Um, we try to mix in a cider just because you know. But yeah, I mean, if you were here maybe a couple weeks ago, a month ago, we might have had three or four guests on. It's just um, we were we were down in quantity. Um, you know. It's it's strange, you know, because you know, even the wine project, the wine barrel project we have in the back, like we had to, you know, that that hurts our our ability to keep the taps sure. full. So that and then we started doing self distribution this year too. So, um, you know, that's also something that you know we'd love to do more of, but we kind of we found out that if we push out too much beer, then we suffer here. So it's just kind of trying to figure out what that balance is. I think you keep it busy here, and that's where you'll continue to kind of allow things to self expand. I mean, but to have that diverse of a menu of 11 beers yeah. on tap, I know, I'm sure is a, quite a task, but I bet it's hard pressed to find something that someone um, you know, doesn't like when you've got New England IPAs, you've got uh, darker beers, lighter beers, maltier beers, hoppier beers. I mean, you've always run the good spectrum, and sometimes it gets a little dark in here, but that probably gets fits with the season. Um, it's hard to find something not not enjoyable for for everybody. Yeah, that's kind of our mo. You know, we we like to we like to drink a lot of different beers. Um, so we try to keep 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 our lineup as diverse as we can. You know, we usually have a sour on. We have an IPA. We have a stout. Um, then we mix in a farmhouse, a peanut butter porter. You know, so we try to keep it uh, pretty diverse so that everybody can find something. That's exactly and, right. Especially, and, and that's what I love because hey, some places you go. You, you, you know before you walk in basically what they're going to have every time and it never changes. So I love coming down here that there, there are going to be the kind of the staple items. But then, you know, I love walking in and being like, what's what's Nick working on right now? That's something new, something that I haven't had before. And that's what keeps a guy like me coming back and wanting to try new things. So I applaud you on that for sure. I, I like to hear that, honestly. I mean, it's... Um I tend to agree with you, just because you know we're all we're all beer folks in this at right. this table. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it would get boring for me, honestly, to to make the same beers over and over again. So yeah, and you know, even though sometimes, um, and I always call it hashtag Peoria Far, uh, I may not always get down here uh, as much as I want to, but I think that's always good to know who your drinkers are, have them come in here, talk to them, you know. Um, your staff always does a good job of interacting and, and, and finding out what people like. And I think that's why people want to come back. They want to drink because, you, you know, like Shelby right now is probably going to ask, like, what do you want to drink? Like, what do you like? What do you not like? And that's what will keep people coming back. And 
I don't mind having to come down here to to get it. It, it, it may not always be easy, and I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't make that an excuse. But it's always fun to come down here. Yeah, I I, I love to hear that, man. And I we love having you guys down here too. So what yeah. are you drinking, Mark? This is the False Doctrine. It's uh it's one of their New England IPAs. I'm looking for here. It's uh done with uh, El Dorado and uh, Azaka Azaka hops. Yep, Azaka. And you got the the peach pie sour, the Mex. You know, you talked about the Mexican cake stout. I, that's I had the, the coffee that's the cream. That come, that's stout. the one that comes with the snack stick, right? It does. Oh, yes. that's right. We're I mean, almost out of it. So I mean, uh, the, the only thing better than beer is beer that comes with a meat stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the provisions guy. That's coming a out true here. pint and provision. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's great. <laughs> Yeah, we should almost run a special with, with you guys on that. You, know, you get a pint and a provision. <laughs> and, uh, the, and, the, and the swag, I know um, I'm a sucker for coffee. So as soon as I saw the camp-style mug, um, I definitely, that's my go-to coffee mug uh, when I'm home now is the camp-style Bearded Al CXT, which uh, you know, they've always been good to you in terms of supplying some coffee when you need it for your beers. Yeah, those guys are great. Uh, we we love working with them. They make they make a good product. Um, you know, I I like to drink their coffee, and uh, they're really easy and, and make it easy for me to work with them. So we're going to continue that relationship. I I think it's mutual on both ends. On the coffee stout, I'm just curious because I'm still trying to figure out. We're still trying to figure out how we're going to do our coffee. Did you do that cold brew whole bean? Yeah. So not whole bean. Um, we do mill or, it, or but it's it's a, a rougher mill than yeah. wood for coffee, you know, it, and so, and they'll they'll do that for me as well, and then um, we'll we'll basically cold brew it, you know, overnight at least overnight, sometimes forty eight hours, and then add the, uh, you know, the results of that to the fermenter, to the secondary. I think that's what I've decided. To I mean, what's the alternative? Like you would actually throw like a coarse ground in with like a like you a little bag. Yeah, with a little bag. Okay. Yeah, we've tried um, actually including. We've tried doing it that way too. Um, for some reason, I, I I just I like the feel of it, I like the taste of it better doing it in the the cold brew step. So, okay, yeah, I think that's what what I'm gonna do is probably do it in a cold brew method. Uh, usually, I've done it, which is essentially like a cold brew, but just directly in the beer when you put the bag in like a couple of days before. Um, yeah, the thing I noticed is that, um, and it was just the quantities are not equal when you do these two different methods. Um, less is more with the uh, using the beans in the fermenter. So I don't know. And maybe it's just a, com- a comfort thing for me is that I know you know what I need to add uh, for the cold brew pr- process. So sure. Yeah, that seems to be a pretty consistent approach when you see and read about it. Is uh, when you add coffee in the cold brew method, it's the ounces per volume of beer that you have is tends to be pretty consistent. So I think that's what we're going to plan on doing. So it's just happily sitting away. <laughs> hopefully, what hopefully, kind of beer was it again? Uh, a kind of a breakfast out. So we did lots of maple. Cool. Um, we've got more maple to do. Uh, Ryan was uh, gracious enough. Of course, he would not let us do crappy maple syrup. He got Vermont maple syrup, <laughs> like a dark amber maple syrup. I don't know so. if you know that about Ryan, but he is like a, a syrup snob. I did not know that. No. Yeah. I'm yeah. Not, you, now you know. He's, de- he's a beer snob. I know that. Oh, we, he's serious <laughs> about his like. He pulls no. Uh, he cuts no corners when it comes to his maple syrup. I'll have to remember that. Maybe we, he can uh, find me some good stuff. We joked around at the last chair we just had 
that it's not an Abbott share until you start doing um, side-by-side comparisons of Vermont maple syrup <laughs> later on in the share. Then right. you know it's a real Abbott share. <laughs> Where is he from? He's from Illinois. He's not from Vermont. No, he, no. he went to high school in Dunlap. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, he said, yeah, he, I love Ryan to death, but man, he, he loves his, uh, he loves his hobbies. And when you go in on something like he goes in the same way with coffee, maple syrup, yep. beer, everything. So, uh, you gotta love that about him. Yeah, no, that's why we can, uh, that's why we're going to do. So it's going to be coffee and maple syrup. Um, turned out to be a pretty big boy, a uh, pretty thick one. But Good. Kyle and I were happy with that. You'll have to bring so me a bottle. We, we'll, we'll be having a, a fun you know, bottle release. I, if it was ready, <laughs> I would think you'd have to throw your hat in the ring to get it on a guest tap here. Yeah, well, too, I, you know. Too, too, bad you. The, too bad the amount's not enough. The amount's like, not yeah. enough, but, uh, yeah, we'll still do an Eventbrite, you know, sale, right, <laughs> yeah, of the bottles. Yeah, we'll do a release. All right, so anything else, boys? I really appreciate the time. I'm looking forward to uh, coming down for the uh, 18th, uh, 16th. I keep saying 18th. 16th, yeah. 16th here, um, getting a little taste of what's to come. 16th is our uh, our VIP, our parliament party. Yeah, so we're closing it down to the public, but um, you know our our supporters are, are invited to come over, have some food, have some uh, have some drink, and uh, have some fun. Yeah, I must got a, I must have gotten my invitation by mistake, so I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, and then uh, we'll look forward to the January second uh, anniversary party. Hopefully, I won't get in as much trouble as I did last year. Um, but cheers to that. That means we had a good time. Is there? Right. You guys have some kind of a bet you can do? Like, is there some kind of bet on this podcast based on whether or not he gets in trouble or not? Uh. Want to put up a bottle or something? You want to? <laughs> I, I, I th- I'm not willing to participate in that kind of uh, that <laughs> Sorry, kind of just trying to you know <laughs> trying I've, to add I've, some stakes. I've known I've, owned, uh, I've known Evan for years now, and uh, what I've learned is he learns from his mistakes. I think he'll <laughs> I think he'll behave this year, and because uh, nobody wants to be in in the doghouse, so uh, nope. You learn once, and that's it. Yep, exactly. So we'll uh, we'll have fun, but we'll behave ourselves. Yeah. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, Nick, keep doing what you're doing. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers, guys. guys. Thanks for having me.